From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is, wait, wait, don't tell me, the NPR News Quiz. Build the wall! Build the wall! (laughs) I'm Bill the Curtis. (laughs) And here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, everybody. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today because, as a wise man once said, are you ready for some football? (laughs) Later on, we're going to be talking to all-pro defensive back Charles Peanut Tillman, the most feared Chicago Bear since Charles Peanut Allergy Tillman. (laughs) (laughs) If you're ready for game day, give us a call. The number is 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hey, this is Ashley Sutton from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. How are things in Winston-Salem? Uh, pretty good today. Yeah, well, don't brag about the weather. <laughs> what do you do there? <laughs> um, I work in a brewery and I play in a couple of bands. Oh, really? Well, that oh, sounds man. like a... Uh, excuse me, sir, are you a hipster? Uh, no, nah, I'm a little too old for that, I think. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome to the show, Ashley. Let me introduce <laughs> you to our panel this week. First up, the syndicated advice columnist behind Ask Amy and the author of Strangers Tend to Tell Me Things, Ms. Amy Dickinson. Hey. Next, a writer for WGN's Man of the People who will be appearing at Dandy's in Milwaukee on February 2nd and Welch's Bar in Fort Wayne, Indiana on February 8th. It's Adam Burke. Hello. Hey, Adam. How are you? Good. And finally, a playwright and senior culture writer at BuzzFeed News, it's Bim Adewunmi. Ashley, welcome to the show. We are all gathered, so it is time to start. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. As I'm sure you anticipated, Bill Curtis is going to read for you or recreate three quotations in the week's news. Your job, of course, identify or explain just two of them. Do that. You'll win our prize. The voice of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to go? Yes. All right. Your first quote is a suspiciously well-written tweet. This is her prerogative. I will do it when the shutdown is over. That was the President of the United States giving in to the Speaker of the House and agreeing to postpone what until the shutdown is over? Uh, The State of the Union. Yes, the State of the Union speech. Right, very good. After a week of back and forth between President Trump and Nancy Pelosi about whether he'd be able to deliver the State of the Union during the shutdown, the president suddenly gave in, in a very civil tweet that even spelled the word prerogative correctly. (laughs) Which means one thing, the president is going to be so angry when he finds out about this. (laughs) At first he said uh, he'd just make the speech from someplace else, but he couldn't find anywhere. Even that club that lets Louis C.K. do a set was like, no. <laughs> oh. and, uh, and the Kremlin was booked that Yeah, it was. <laughs> My favorite insulting tweet he, he sent out in Nancy Pelosi's direction went yeah. something like, Nancy Pelosi, who I call Nancy. <laughs> it was like, wow. Yeah, whoa. It's like, what happened? I mean, just Nancy? That's his insulting nickname? We assume that the White House senior official who's in charge of insulting nicknames has been furloughed. <laughs> it, uh, didn't at one point it just seem like a battle of letterheads? Like, who had the yes, most... Yes, who had the bigger letterhead? <laughs> from the desk of. Or in Trump's case, from the toilet of. <laughs> Now, what's fun is, you know, so now we're getting a sense of uh, who Speaker Pelosi is and how she'll deal with him. A lot of people read Ms. Pelosi's initial letter 
uh, as a suggestion, right? Mm. But Italian grandmothers do not suggest. <laughs> it's like her saying, oh, maybe it's a good idea to change your dress before you go out, which means change that or you'll be locked in your room until you're 25. I mean. I re yeah, I really want to play him at poker now. <laughs> He's just like, I'm all in. Are you? No. <laughs> Here is your next quote. I'm afraid okay. it'll be on my gravestone. He lied for Trump. That is someone who could be right about what his gravestone will eventually say. He's been all over the airwaves recently saying all kinds of things about his client, the president. Who is it? I would say Michael Cohen. Oh, no. Michael Cohen no longer represents the president. Oh, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. Yes, yeah, very yeah. good. Although you make a good point about Michael Cohen. There could someday be a graveyard filled with headstones saying, I lied for Donald Trump. Yeah. Last year, uh, apparently, the, the president became uh, dissatisfied with how his representatives were defending him on TV. And since he couldn't do it himself, he wanted somebody just as aggressive. He went with Giuliani when he couldn't get his first choice, rabies. <laughs> <laughs> and now before Giuliani <clears throat> completely rejects that potential epitaph for himself, uh, he should think about what else it might be, given his career. I mean, here lies Rudy Giuliani. He let his wife know he was divorcing her in a press conference. <laughs> or here lies Rudy, the only man who looked better with a comb over. Surely, surely the headstone would just write, here lies Rudy, as he did in life. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now, he said, I mean, he was on TV, he, he was on all the cable news and Sunday shows as he often is. But that quote from about his future gravestone came from this very bizarre interview with Isaac Chotner of The New Yorker, who caught him, as Giuliani said, just before he was gonna get in the shower. And maybe it was because he was physically naked that he became emotionally naked. <laughs> and he said all these crazy things, like, for example, I've, I've been through all the tapes. And the interviewer said, Tapes? <laughs> what tapes? I love his response. And Julian said, oh, I, I shouldn't have said there were tapes. There are no tapes. I've seen the tapes. And then he just changed his voice and said, new phone, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> you caught me as I'm about to get in the shower, and then there's like an audible subway announcement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just like the way he went for the most obvious childish, I, I, sh I shouldn't have said tapes. I shouldn't have said tapes. Yeah. Oh, that's sorry. Like, that's the moment where you kind of, you say, did you do it? And the kid goes, no. <laughs> and then you go, did you do it? And the kid goes, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Giuliani was kind of like twirling his toe yeah. on the carpet, like, exactly. oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. <laughs> You got me. I shouldn't have said taste. <laughs> well, here's what I love. Like his soon to be most recent ex-wife, yes. Judith Nathan, said something like, um, as his soon to be ex-wife and a nurse, I'm really worried about him. Yes. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. You know what's really weird is that was in their vows. They're like, yeah. do you take this woman to be your soon to be most recent ex-wife? <laughs> All right, very good, Ashley. Your last quote is from a lawsuit that was filed quite recently in New Orleans, Louisiana. Past, present, and future mental anguish and emotional trauma, loss of faith and enjoyment of life. Those were damages that these people say were caused to them because of what? Oh, man. The clue is uh, New um, Orleans. Oh, the dang saints, yep. Yep. <laughs> They're angry about the Saints game, that's right. During, the, the, uh, you probably saw this, during the last minutes of the NFC playoff game on Sunday, the refs blew a call that would have helped the New Orleans Saints uh, to go on to the Super Bowl. Basically, 
A Saints receiver was getting ready to catch a ball when a Rams defender appeared and ran him over with a garbage truck. (laughs) And backed up, did it again. (laughs) And the refs are like, well, who are we to say that's not allowed? (laughs) Uh, So Saints fans are demanding, variously, that the NFL apologize or that it reverse the results of the game and let the Saints go to the Super Bowl or that they pay a massive penalty to the hurt people of New Orleans. Saints fans lawyer Rudolph Giuliani made a strong argument (laughs) saying, quote, they have no case whatever. Who knows if their guy would have caught it? (laughs) Meanwhile, just look at the tapes. I mean, (laughs) wait. (laughs) So the people in New Orleans are extremely upset. Meanwhile, people in L.A., home of the victorious Rams, are saying, wait a minute, we have a football team? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's nice. By the way, this is interesting, and I'm sure that everybody knows this, but the Super Bowl is next week. It's going to be the New England Patriots. They are in every Super Bowl by law (laughs) Uh, versus the Rams. And it just so happens New England's quarterback, Tom Brady, at 41, is about 10 years older than the Rams' coach. Wow. Who's, I think, 32. Wow. One of my my favorite things as someone who um, doesn't consider American football to be, you know, real football. Right. um, I appreciate you. No, but like, uh, my favorite thing is, I've come into this with almost no knowledge, but I know that everyone hates Tom Brady. (laughs) And I just want to say thank you for engulfing me in the loving embrace of hating a man I don't know anything about. Yeah. What's his name? Right? And I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't come up in your, in your, in your Thirst podcast because he's, 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 he's a good-looking fellow. Ben. I mean, some people say so. I personally believe that there is a lid for every pot, but I don't want to cook with Tom Brady. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bill, how did Ashley do in our quiz? We're going to give it all to Ashley. Congratulations, Ashley. All right. Thank you so much for playing. Thank you. Right now, panel, it's time for you, of course, to answer some questions from the week's news. Bim, with all the economic uncertainty some people are raising and then slaughtering their own meat, we just learned that what person killed a goat with his own hands before then butchering it and serving it to his guests? So I am delighted by this because I have followed this story very closely. I'm so glad. It is one Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. That's correct, Bim. A goat? A goat. The, de- the detail I love is, is the stuff yes. around it. In an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey revealed that Mark Zuckerberg went through this phase where he only ate what he himself killed. Dorsey found this out. He went to Zuckerberg's house for dinner where he was served fresh goat that Zuckerberg himself had raised and then killed with a, quote, laser gun and a knife, unquote. <laughs> So if you ever wondered what those freakishly young tech billionaires do for fun, they murder goats with lasers. (laughs) (laughs) But like goat meat is not that tasty. Actually, uh, it's delicious. I can take you you to a place when it's being killed by a laser. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I go wrong. It it smacks it very tenderly. It's also also, you you want a goat that dies, and his last thought is, "I cannot believe this." You can taste its quizzical expression. Yeah, oh. it's like, that, that dweeb, he, there's no way that guy's going to hurt me. <laughs> I was wondering why he asked me to slide into his DMs. <laughs> Coming up, I need a hero. And I find one on our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. 
Support for NPR and the following message comes from Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Zip Recruiter's powerful matching technology finds the right people for you, so you aren't overwhelmed with tons of resumes. Plus, Zip Recruiter actively invites the top candidates to apply. That's why Zip Recruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. based on hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. Try it for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com wait. Hey, it's Ophira Eisenberg from Ask Me Another. If you're craving nerdy trivia or celebrity interviews, we've got you covered. With house musician Jonathan Colton and the sharpest contestants in public radio, don't miss NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Bim Adewani, Adam Burke, and Amy Dickinson. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Right now, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff, the listener game. You can call one wait wait if you want to play our games on the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, Peter. This is Ken Brenneman from Pasadena, Maryland. I don't know Pasadena, Maryland. I know the other one pretty well, but where's Pasadena? It's near Annapolis, Maryland. Oh, okay. And what do you do there? Um, I'm the radiation safety officer for a large university uh, oh. in, in Baltimore. Okay, so uh, your job is to make sure that people don't get irradiated? Correct. Right. Uh, we make sure that they use radiation safely. Right. It's because of people like you that we don't really have a Spider-Man, so I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome yes. to the show, Ken. You're going to play our game in which you have to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Ken's okay. topic? A real American hero. There's a hero inside all of us, if we're, of course, talking about a hero sandwich. <laughs> Actual <laughs> heroes, not easy to find. Which is why we were so excited when we came across a story of an American who actually did an amazing, heroic thing. And we are going to have our panelists tell you three stories of American heroes. Only one of them is real, okay. sadly. Your job, pick that real story. Ready to do it? Here Absolutely. we go. First, let's hear from Adam Burke. The long-running skating spectacular Disney on Ice can be a logistical nightmare at the best of times, but a downright disaster seemed inevitable during a special 30th anniversary performance at Madison Square Garden. Tommy Quigley, the show's longtime technical director, explained, it was a special charity show, so we've got 20,000 excited kids in the audience. An hour before go time, we found out that our Ursula and Ariel are in the hospital. There was a big snowstorm that night, and would you believe it, their cabs skidded on a patch of ice, and bam, they're out. Ordinarily, understudies would take up the slack, but it had been reassigned to a specially designed finale due to follow directly after the Little Mermaid dance. I would have just cut the act, explains Quigley, but the whole point of that number is to give the rest of the cast time to change, so we're screwed. Which is when Paolo, the production's dedicated Zamboni driver, stepped into the fray. <laughs> I guess he'd seen the show thousands of times in rehearsal, so he knew the Ursula choreography pretty well, and had done a little skating in his youth. Even better, Paolo's son, an amateur hockey player, gamely offered to don the iconic seashell bra. <laughs> it wasn't the most graceful version of that number I've seen, said Quigley, and Ariel had more hockey stops, fist pumps, and ice spray than usual, but the crowd loved it. They got a standing ovation. I kept that detail from the regular performers, though. Uh, I figured they'd been through enough. <laughs> A Zamboni driver and his son step in for Ursula and Ariel to fill 20,000 kids at Disney on Ice. Your next story of a hero getting his or her due comes from Amy Dickinson. 
This year, a special posthumous Oscar will be awarded to Gone with the Wind star Vivian Lee, who risked her reputation and her pantaloons in a smuggling operation that changed the course of film history. While shooting Gone with the Wind, the actress became concerned about the welfare of the monkeys that MGM was using to film the flying monkey scene in The Wizard of Oz, which was being filmed on the lot next door. The animal-loving actress first turned to co-star Clark Gable for help in saving the monkeys, but his response, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, <laughs> enraged her so much that they inserted the line into the movie. <laughs> so, in a stealth operation worthy of Dunkirk or a Jerry Lewis bit, the actress hid several monkeys under her massive hoop skirt and led them away from the set and into a waiting ice cream truck. MGM reshot the scene, and instead of using monkeys dressed as people, they used people suspended on wires and dressed in weird monkey bellhop uniforms, terrifying generations of children. Vivian Lee, finally getting credit long after her death for her heroic rescue of monkeys under her skirt. Your last story of someone going from zero to hero comes from Bim Adewamni. As Jane Austen never said, it is a truth <laughs> universally acknowledged that there is no greater pleasure than cracking your knuckles. <laughs> but sometimes you need something a little more exhilarating, and that's when you turn to a true American hero, Pete the Groin Crusher, who was recently profiled in the Philadelphia Inquirer. 52-year-old Pete Schiavo, also known as the Groin Guy and Petey Pressure, used to be a welder in a past life until he found his true calling, to crush groins. It was like the missing piece of the puzzle for me, he says. He works at Pennsylvania Hospital and he has one job, applying pressure to people's groins after surgery until the bleeding stops, which can mean he's standing there, crushing on your groin for up to 40 minutes. <laughs> Pete delights in and indeed excels at crushing your groin. <laughs> <laughs> By his own estimate, he's consensually crushed more than 10,000 groins. <laughs> and he's so good at groin crushing that he has won awards. <laughs> I'm holding someone's groin for 20 minutes. They tend to remember me and nobody else, says Pete. <laughs> Presumably with a straight face. He might sound like a man who's watched The Sopranos a bit too enthusiastically, but he's no henchman without technique. Pete has got groin crushing down to an art thanks to his three-finger method that doesn't fatigue his whole hand. <laughs> Pete's crushing groins to save lives after surgery, but he's a gentleman too. As he told one patient, I couldn't have been more privileged to hold your groin. <laughs> he's been doing this for 15 years, and he knows deep in his gut that it's the only job for him. As he tells his patients, I can promise you two things when I'm done. You'll never forget my name or my face. And they never do. <laughs> All right. Sadly, only one of these three stories of heroism is true. Was it from Adam, the Zamboni driver, and his son, who leapt to take the place of Ursula the Sea Witch and Ariel in Disney on Ice when no one else could do it? From Amy, was it Vivian Lee, the famous actress, who we now know saved the original monkeys of The Wizard of Oz by smuggling them under her voluminous skirt? or from Bim Adewunmi, the groin crusher of Philadelphia. <laughs> Which of these is the real story we found in the news? 
I do know that for cardiac catheterizations, they do pressure the groin, so I'll go with the groin crusher. You're going to go for the groin crusher because of your medical knowledge. Sure. All right. Your choice is All Bim's right. story of Pete the groin crusher. Well, we spoke, I'm very proud to say, to the hero himself. They call me the groin crusher, which you obviously heard before. Pressure Pete, patch him up, Pete the groin guy. That was Pete the Groin Crusher, of course, Pete Schiavo of Philadelphia. We found out about him via a profile by Stephanie Farr, who writes for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and she tells us that she profiled him because so many of his patients got in touch with her and said, you should profile this guy. We love him. <laughs> True story. Wonderful. Congratulations, Ken. You got it right by picking Bim's story. Bim won a point, but more importantly, you won our prize, the voice of anyone you might choose on your voicemail. Congratulations. Okay, thank you so much. And now the game where people who've proved how good they are at their chosen profession find out how well they do with something they didn't choose. It's called Not My Job. Charles Tillman, known as Peanut, was one of the greatest defensive backs ever to play football. He was the winner of the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for his charitable and community work off the field, and he will be at the Super Bowl next week to help present it to the next winner. Charles Tillman, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Appreciate you, appreciate you. Are those real people clapping? They are. They're real people. I'm on the phone and I can't see y'all, so <laughs> I do a lot of radio interviews, and they have like a pause on cue where they hit a button and people yeah. just clap. Yeah. If y'all are real people, say peanut on three. One, two, three. Peanut! Damn. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So you're, you were, of course, uh, one of the great cornerbacks. You actually uh, went to the Super Bowl with the Bears. Not a lot of people can say that, sadly. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got there. That's all I can say. So um, I, I got to ask, because you know, the Super Bowl is this big event that we all watch. What is it like to be a player involved in it? I mean, you're preparing for a football game, and I understand that's a pretty hard thing to do. Did all the distractions of like Media Week and the week leading up, did that get in the way? It didn't get in the way. It was just pretty damn boring. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could show y'all a picture. You say the same question over and over. Yeah. Uh, when else it was, you know, hey, talk about Peyton Manning. You know, I talked about Peyton Manning for five days straight. <laughs> and someone took a picture of me with my head on the table like a, a, a bored five-year-old in history class getting ready to eat some glue. I was so sick of that. Did, did, you, did you ever, it's true, I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're constantly getting the same boring questions. Did you ever, like, get fed up and just start making stuff up? Like, yeah, I saw Peyton Manning shoot a guy once. <laughs> yeah. So you you make that up with the, the people from, like, uh, the people who don't really cover football. Yeah. A couple Europeaners. And sure, sure, sure. The people from Asia, and they're just there because of the Super Bowl. So I gave them real dumb answers. <laughs> it was crazy. Can, can, you can, say, I... can you remember a really good one? I got, like, a bunch of sex questions. So I just, like, made up a bunch of stuff. Like, Wait a minute. I, you got sex questions? Like, what? I, I hate to ask, but what kind of sex questions did you get? Uh, this lady was... I don't know what exactly I said to the lady. I just made some stuff up. I just, I lied. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I did that. Yeah, I did this, whatever. <laughs> so she could get out of my way. That's great. <laughs> I love it. So uh, among other extraordinary achievements, uh, you played against Tom Brady, and you've uh, intercepted that, I think, twice in one game. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tom Brady has such like a legend about him. Greatest football quarterback who's ever ever lived. I mean, do you guys find that like intimidating or like uh, inspiring? Like, I'm gonna go out and pick that guy off. I'm gonna take option number two. I'm gonna go out and pick <laughs> that guy off. Right. I think he is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, to play the game. But yeah, I'm, I don't think anyone's intimidated by him. I mean, there was a second-year player that went out and damn near beat him. So, right. yeah, I don't think players are intimidated by him. I, I think he knows he has a target on his back. So guys are like, yo, if he's the greatest, well, I want to go against the greatest to see how good I am. We heard that you played a game when your wife was extremely pregnant and you, she might have gone into labor at any moment. Yeah, so this was 2012. My wife was pregnant. I did an interview with Lawrence Holmes. Lawrence Holmes asked me the question, hey, what are you going to do if your wife goes into labor before the game? Well, I said, well, hell, I'm missing the game. I'm going to go see my daughter be born. Right. Um, a lot of players get ridiculed about how they're not family men and they're, 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 they're just athletes, but I felt like I was attacked because I made the smart choice, the family choice, the more important choice to go be with my family and watch the, the birth of my daughter. Right. So I know women, it's, it's hard. People think, oh, you just... You push and a baby comes out your JJ. It, it ain't like that so much. There's a lot of complications that can go wrong with it. You know? and I, all of a sudden, I'm really interested in what you told those reporters yeah. about sex. Also, <laughs> also uh, is, there, is there a cool nickname for that move? <laughs> what I read was that your wife... The doctor don't catch you. <laughs> Yeah, you intercepted it. Exactly. There's the doctor yeah, ready to catch your baby, and all of a sudden you cut in and <laughs> intercept. Good at it. So after the, literally after the game, my wife and I, we go home. She, she changes and everything, gets her bag, and we go straight to the hospital at, like, uh, midnight, 1230, and I have my daughter literally the next day. I have my daughter that night. Well, that's right awesome, man. Congratulations. How's she doing yeah. these days? Come on, audience. That's when you're supposed to go all yeah. yeah. He knows what he's doing. Well, Charles Tillman, it is an absolute joy to talk to you, but we have asked you here to play a game this time we're calling. Now, that's what I call an offensive line. Okay. You know a lot about defense. You were very good at that. But what do you know about offensive lines? That is, things people said or did that offended people. <laughs> We're going to ask you about three offensive lines. Get two questions right. You'll win a prize for one of our listeners. Bill, who is Charles Tillman playing for? Diane Schultz of Austin, Texas. All right. You ready to do this? All right, big all-star. Is she on the phone? No, she's not on the phone. She's, she's, she, she's, presumably, she's presumably listening at home, though, so, you know. I'm, I sound real stupid right now. You do, huh? <laughs> All right, here's your first question, Charles. During the early days of spaceflight, uh, TV stations would often, often broadcast the astronauts live, and NASA was worried that one of their astronauts in particular would swear when the whole world was watching him. In order to prevent that, NASA did what? A, they told him that for safety's sake, he had to wear a gag so he wouldn't, quote, inhale space. <laughs> B, through a careful PSYOPs campaign, they convinced him that the most offensive swear he could possibly say was gadzooks. <laughs> or C, they hypnotized him so he would hum any time he wanted to swear. I'm gonna go with option Charlie. I'm gonna go with option C. Option C, you're right. That's what they did. NASA says, they admit they did this, they've never said what astronaut they did it to, but it is absolutely true that astronaut Pete Conrad, while he was on the moon in one of the Apollo missions, weirdly hummed all the time. Oh, I so remember that. We have our yeah. suspicions. All right, Charles, second question. 
BBC Radio goes to great lengths to keep its listeners safe from offensive content. They even put a decade-long ban on what song because they thought it was offensive. Was it A, Madonna's Like a Virgin, B, Ice-T's Cop Killer, or C, Bobby Pickett's The Monster Mash? I'm going to have to go with my guy, Ice-T. You'd think that. It was The Monster Mash. Oh, no. They said, this was back in the 60s when the song came out, they did not play it for 10 years because they thought it was, quote, too morbid. Oh. Well, it was a graveyard smash. It was. But you... <laughs> All right, this is fine. Oh, Game's going back and forth. Anymore. Back and forth, but final play, you can win. Here we go. Last question. Even professional wrestling is not immune to worrying about giving offense. At one time, the World Championship Wrestling Organization had to make what sweeping change? A, each wrestler was required to say, I'm just kidding, before trash-talking their opponent. <laughs> B, instead of heels... Wrestling villains were to be called sensible flats. <laughs> or C, they were told to stop calling chairs, guitars, and ladders brought into the ring to hit people foreign objects and instead call them international objects. Based off the audience and them laughing, I'm going to go with the last one. I'm going to go with C. You're all right. That's what happened. Yeah. Boom! Bill, how did Charles Peanut Tillman do in our quiz? We just saw why the peanut is Chicago's champion. Congratulations. You won. You won. You could weed me bedtime stories anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Charles Peanut Tillman is a former cornerback for the Chicago Bears and Carolina Panthers. He's a recipient of the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award which is presented by Nationwide. Information about his charity, the Charles Tillman Cornerstone Foundation, can be found online. Charles Peanut Tillman, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hey, thank you, guys. Thanks, audience. <laughs> In just a minute, curl up with a blanket. I mean, really curl up with it. And our listener limerick challenge game, call one triple eight wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Strava, voted the number one running app five years in a row by the Running Awards. Strava is a tracking app, a training log, and a global community of active people just like you, running around in circles mostly to keep themselves from shouting at their children. Strava is free and works with almost every phone and GPS watch. Go to strava.com wait, download the app, and get going. Before you can start your day, you like to know what's happening in the news. That's what Up First is for. It's the morning news podcast from NPR, the news you need to take on the day in just about 10 minutes. Listen to Up First on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Bim Adewunmi, Ada Burke, and Amy Dickinson. And here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill's rhyming, and I'm Garfunkel in our listener Olympic <laughs> challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Right now, panel, some more questions for you from this week's news. Amy, this month, Frontier became the first major airline to encourage passengers to do what to their flight attendants? 
tip. Yes, Amy. Oh my God. Frontier oh my Airlines God. will now allow you to tip your flight attendant on the food and drinks that you buy. And the best way to respond to that offer is if I had any extra money to give away, <laughs> do you think I'd be flying Frontier <laughs> Airlines? But however, if you're on Frontier, if you're wondering the, what the right amount is to tip your flight attendant, a good tip, of course, that's 10%. A great tip is 20%. And the best tip is don't fly Frontier <laughs> Airlines. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you'd be, all, you'd be awful pissed off if you didn't tip the guy and then when it, the plane starts crashing, your oxygen thing didn't come <laughs> down. You're like, ah, oh, man, should have done 20%. And, you're like, <laughs> and oh. if you're going down, you could go like, I, I tipped Brent up front. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I, yeah. yeah. Oh. Also, also, if I'm tipping anyone, I'm tipping the, the pilot. pilot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, could you do the route around the mountains and away from the... But okay, fine. If you need us to tip the flight attendants because you're not paying them enough, fine. But please don't put in a bathroom attendant. <laughs> Bim, there's never been a better time to be single now that we know employers in China are offering single employees what? They're offering them small children. No. <laughs> Here, you're single. You seem to be enjoying your life and your free time. Yeah, have Here's a child. Here's a small child. Let's see, let's it's, see. In, in concept, it's like maternity leave, but it's very, very, very premature. Oh, sex leave? Oh, not e even before that. Dating leave? Yes, dating leave. Indeed. Two companies in China are offering their female employees eight days of dating leave, paid vacation, to go out and date. This is only offered to women 30 or older, because apparently in China, 30 is the age we're being single, is technically considered an emergency. <laughs> They're not wrong. No. <laughs> I've, been, I've been clinically yeah. dead for six years. <laughs> the one problem is that your boss will know exactly what you were doing on your break. <laughs> You're coming on Monday and he's like, so how'd it go? Also, they're only offering it to women employees. Yes, they're only offering it to women. Well, isn't that sexist? Yeah, isn't apparently. That? I believe that uh, China, for reasons that are historically unpleasant, have a shortage of available women. Mm. So uh, That's true. But yeah. also, men over 30 are terrible. So you Yeah, know. that is also true. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's go on a limb. What about men under 30? Also trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight. wait wait That's 1-888-924-8924. You can click the Contact Us link on our website. That's waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows right here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago and our upcoming show February 7th in Savannah, Georgia. And if you don't want to leave the house but still want some wait wait action, you can play our new interactive game on your smart speaker. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to open the wait wait quiz. And Bill and I will be there with you, just the three of us, and you might even win a prize. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, Peter. Hi. I'm Alex, and I'm in Lafayette, Colorado. Well, now, I, I know Colorado well, but I don't know where Lafayette is. Where's that? Lafayette is 10 miles due east of Boulder. And what do you do there? I work, I actually work for the city of Aurora, um, and I manage their water resources division in the water department. Oh, wow. Well, water resources out there in Colorado, that's pretty uh, serious stuff. Do you have to fight people off with uh, weapons? All the time. Yeah, I All know. <laughs> Alexandra, welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is going to read for you three news-related limericks with the last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly, and two of the limericks will be a winner. You ready to play? 
Yes, I am so excited to play. All right, that's great. We're excited to play with you. Here is your first limerick. Want to know our kids' gender? Good on ya. Try this pasta dish baked by Aunt Tanya. Well, what do you think? Is the cheese blue or pink? It's revealed by our tasty... Lasagna. Lasagna, yes. 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 Gender reveal parties are all the rage, meaning they're everywhere, and they make people very angry. <laughs> a chain Italian restaurant called Villa Italian Kitchen is offering a new way to reveal what kind of genitals your baby will have <laughs> with their patented, exclusive, gender reveal lasagna. If you're having a girl, the cheese in the lasagna, once you cut it and expose it, is pink. And of course, if you're having a boy, the lasagna is full of sausage. story, I don't know if you heard about this, at least a couple times, one guy started a wildfire. Yeah. Yes, we were all over that story. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. That's yeah. The, but that's the thing, all these things reveal way more about the parents than about the children. Mm. It's not a gender reveal, it's a moron reveal party. It turns out you shouldn't have bred in the first place. That's yeah. what we found out. <laughs> Here is your next limerick. Our zoo likes its snakes to be slim. Their obesity problem is grim. Here's a pool and free weights and some Zumba at eight. We have built them a serpentine gym. Yes, yes. it is a gym for snakes. <laughs> the Melbourne Zoo, Melbourne, Australia has created a snake gym to help their chubby snakes lose some weight. Can you imagine how tough it is to lie about your diet when you're a snake? <laughs> like, no, I didn't, I didn't just gobble down four mice. And your friends are like, oh, we can see them. <laughs> One, two, three, four. <laughs> It'd be nice to have <laughs> The great thing about having snakes at the gym, now you have a great reason not to go. <laughs> Oh man, that's, whenever I eat a bowl, it goes straight to the part of me that's not my head. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Bright side for snakes using a gym is that they don't have to spend a lot of money on getting, you know, getting an outfit. It's like, no, I don't need yoga pants, just one tube sock, please. I'll be on my way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here is your last limerick. My comforter, how will I thank it? <laughs> it's number one. That's how I rank it. A wedding to bedding. You're never forgetting. That's it. I will marry my... Blanket. Blanket! <laughs> if you thought... That's it. If you thought true love was dead in this sad, cold world, a woman in England is marrying her blanket. Something that isn't actually alive. And they're not talking about, like, Michael Jackson's kid. This is no. an actual blanket? An actual blanket. It's actually, it's actually made me really rethink Linus from Peanuts. I know. <laughs> did, did you say she, she's from England? She's from England, so she calls it her duvet. Yes, correct. Oh. I was about to say, that we don't call them blankets. I know, she calls that it her duvet, right. uh, yeah. which of course makes, it sounds more French and exotic. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, her name is Pascale Selleck, and she says, quote, My duvet is the longest, strongest, most intimate and reliable relationship that I've ever had. Unquote. If things go well, in about nine months, she'll have a new set of dish towels. <laughs> <laughs> she knew, I think she, I heard about this. She knew that the things were getting serious with the duvet when she no longer put the cover on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Bill, how did Alexandra do in our quiz? Congratulations, you got all three. Congratulations, Alexandra. Thank you so much, Alexandra. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the new Capital One Saver card, you can earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That means 4% on checking out that new restaurant everybody's talking about, and 4% on watching your team win at home. Now when you go out, you cash in. You'll also earn 2% cash back at grocery stores and 1% on all other purchases. What's in your wallet? Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer is worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Adam and Amy each have two, and Bim has four. All right, we have flipped a coin. Amy has elected to go first. Amy, fill-in-the-blank. One day after postponing his testimony before the House, former Trump lawyer Blank was subpoenaed by the Senate Intelligence Committee. Michael Cohen. Right. This week, teachers in Blank ratified a deal to end their first strike in 30 years. Los Angeles. That's right. On Tuesday, a judge ruled that the investigation into a contested congressional election in blank should continue. Oh, Georgia? No, it was North Carolina. Oh. Archaeologists in Scotland who recently announced the discovery of a Stonehenge-like structure they said dated back thousands of years were informed by residents that blank. It was not that thing, <laughs> but it was something else altogether. Oh, I'll give it to you. They, they, the residents said, no, we built that in the 1990s. <laughs> okay. A state of emergency was declared near Portland this week as health workers scrambled to contain a blank outbreak. Measles. Right. On Tuesday, Mariana Rivera became the first player ever to be unanimously voted into the blank. Baseball Hall of Fame! After, after appearing in the local news, a police officer in the UK named blank became a viral sensation. Viral sensation. <laughs> <laughs> If your name was Viral Sensation, that would help. But no, this police officer was named Rob Banks. Uh, wouldn't it have been amazing if his name was Viral Sensation? It would have been, and how fitting. The officer in question became an internet sensation when somebody took a screenshot of his interview with Britain's ITV, and he posted it on Twitter. Uh, despite being praised for having, quote, the world's greatest name for a policeman, Constable Rob Banks was actually there to talk about the very serious issue of law enforcement budget cuts along with his fellow officers, Sergeant Jimmy Locks <laughs> and Captain Vincent Vehicular Manslaughter. <laughs> Bill, how did Amy do in our quiz? Amy got five right, ten more points. She has a total of 12, and Amy's in the lead. All right. Okay, Adam, you're up next. Fill in the blank. Saying they were treated unfairly, President Trump tweeted his support for the students from blank. Uh, Covington? Catholic school. On Tuesday, the Supreme Court declined to take action on a case that would threaten the protections for 700,000 undocumented immigrants who fall under the blank act. DACA. Yes. This week, the White House recognized Juan Guaido as the rightful leader of blank, upsetting current President Nicolas Maduro. Uh, Venezuela? Right. According to a new report, blank has built over 20 secret ballistic missile bases. North Korea? Uh, yes. A man in Vietnam suffering from blood poisoning was saved when doctors gave him an infusion of blank. Um, radiated Mountain Dew. No, 15 <laughs> cans of beer. On Tuesday, researchers announced a new blood test that could aid in the early detection of blank. Um, breast cancer? No, Alzheimer's this time. It was reported on Thursday that the FTC was considering a record-breaking fine against social media site blank for failing to protect user data. Uh, Facebook? Yes. An Iowa man who won $1 
when a lottery scratch-off ticket demanded that the state lottery office blank. I, no idea. Uh, Colin Viral Sensation. No. Uh. He demanded that they give him one of those giant novelty <laughs> checks. His name is Tyler Heap, and he is truly the hero in the week's news. Oh, yes. Bought a scratch-off ticket at the convenience store, won a dollar, which is how much he paid for it, immediately went down to lottery headquarters in Des Moines. That's so he great. said, I'm a winner. I want my big check. And the Iowa State Lottery employees said, why not? So they made a big check, paid to the order of Tyler Heap, one American dollar. They took a picture of him in front of the state lottery logo. He's grinning. He's having the best time. He says he's excited about his big win, but he really wishes he had gone for the lump sum instead of opting to get a penny every year for 100 years. Bill, how did Adam do in our quiz? Well, he had five right. That's ten more points. He has 12 tied with Amy. <laughs> All right. How many, then, does Bim need to win? Well, four to tie and five to win. We'll count them off. All right. Here we go, Bim. This is for the game. On Tuesday, the Supreme Court ruled that the White House could enforce Trump's ban on blanks in the military. Uh, transgender people. Right. On Monday, St. Louis announced it would no longer prosecute blank possession if it's under 100 grams. Cocaine. Uh, no, marijuana. <laughs> We're getting to cocaine, don't worry, but not yet. Okay. This week, economic growth in blank fell to its slowest rate in almost 30 years. America? No, China. Oh. To help lessen the large number of drones clogging the airspace over Tokyo, Japanese police are using blanks. Birds of prey. No, other drones <laughs> with big nets hanging from them. No. Trump associate Roger Stone hosted a video in which blank speak in his defense. Oh, I don't know. Snakes at the gym? No, his, his own adorable dogs. Uh, what? I'm not kidding. He's like, he did the mouse. They're like, Roger Stone didn't do anything. It's oh, truly amazing. The favorite... <laughs> And Roma led the nominations for the 2019 Blank Awards. Academy Awards. Yes, a man in Texas had to call police after getting locked in a blank that closed at 10 p.m. Oh, I know this. A 24-hour gym. Yes, indeed! <laughs> the man was a paying client of the 24-hour fitness gym center. So he was in the locker room and was very surprised when he came out and found out he had been locked inside because it closed at 10. <laughs> That's when a 24-hour fitness center closes because words no longer have meaning. <laughs> the man was trapped for just under an hour, but was saved after he reached another 24-hour fitness, which thankfully closed at 11 p.m. like God intended. <laughs> Bill, did Bim do well enough to win? This is unusual. Bim was headed for the Super Bowl, but she only got three rights. Aww. Needed five. Got a total of ten, but that means you, Amy, and Adam are the champions this there week. Are. Special thanks once again to Farmhouse Tavern for feeding us, and thanks for really bringing the carrots. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions' Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Tyler Green, assisted by Simon Tran and Mary DeOlio. Our interns are Alex McCone and Rachel Klepper. Our web guru is Beth Novi. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King, with special thanks to Peter. 
Peanut Gwynn. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. And the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what is Rudolph Giuliani doing next? Bim out of one, mate. He's going to be the groin crusher general of New York. <laughs> Amy Dickinson. He's going to um, embark on his fourth, fifth, and sixth marriages all at once. <laughs> Save time. Adam Burke. He's going to be the official spokesperson of those choose-your-own-adventure books yeah. with the slogan, if you don't like the story, change it, and then change it again, and then change it back, and then rip out all the pages and deny ever having had the book in the first place. Well, if Rudy does any of that panel, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Amy Dickinson, Adam Burke, and Bim Adewanmi. Thanks to all of you for listening. I am Peter Sagal, and we will see you next week. This is NPR.